Welcome to the Conservation Queens podcast. We are five girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real-life Sioux employees, and as always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Please keep in mind that we try to keep our podcast PG-13, so if you have younger listeners, you may want to review the content beforehand. I'm Katie. I'm Emily B. And I'm Abby. The other two queens will be with us next week. And with that, let's talk about stuff. stuff. Love stuff. Which is my stuff, apparently. <laughs> it's all your stuff, except for uh, good old Beluga it's- News and uh, Conservation. Conservation. <laughs> Which just says bees. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll dive into that when it gets there. But go ahead with our fan right. shout outs for this week. All right, so our first shout-out goes to my best friend in the world. Her name is Regan. She lives in California. Regan, I think I'm also going to make you my best friend. She <laughs> she wants to meet all of you guys so bad. It's not even Aww. funny. Um, but the reason she we're having her be our shout-out is because this week um, – well, number one, she told me that our podcast has propelled her through her drawing class that she's working on because she's in grad school. Wow. We love an educated queen. Which we love. And she's uh, actually focusing on eco-friendly costume design. Wow. Oh, which is my gosh. Insane. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. Haven't you? Okay, so shout out. Everybody go follow Regan A. McKay on Instagram. Oh, wow. That's Will Regan do. A. McKay. She's the best. Um, and then she said that we should definitely do a giant claim episode. So Emily B., I'm sure. Just I literally lost my state. mind. I lost my mind. And it's because... Um, so her boyfriend runs Dungeons and Dragons or D&D campaigns. And one in one of them that she's playing, she's playing a giant sentient non-binary <laughs> giant clam who can float and kill people by slapping them with a That brings blade. me so much joy. <laughs> we'll dive into <laughs> how is, accurate that is. <laughs> which like for D&D. It oh, no, it's be, a great character just, for D&D. It's like... I, I thoroughly, this is the kind of, the, poor Paul, her boyfriend, because like, Every time we play our D and D campaign, the poor man has to deal with me, say, who's trying to throw everything off, and then Regan, who's like, "I'm gonna just be a clam. I'm gonna just be a giant and clam. I'm here for it." And then there's, and then there's all these other people who are like really serious about it, and they're like, "Why?" And we're just like, why, "Nope, why this is how it's gonna be." <laughs> so, uh, really fun. Um, also, we want to shout out to some listeners that. Uh, replied to our story on Instagram. Oh yeah! Shout um, out to David who said, "Are they giant?" Yep. Thank you for that. Super, super great. Yes. Shout out to um, my brother for saying everything in response to what do you want to know about <laughs> giant clams? And shout out to Jennifer who asked actual questions. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't like my. Oh Lord. What did Abby say? I don't even remember. Some um, sassy something. Mine is. Yeah, mine is a, if you guys have listened to the song Earth by Lil yes. Dicky, oh, there's a part that they go, what the F, I'm a clam. <laughs> so that's what I wrote. Mm, we love <laughs> nice. it. Nice. Oh. I don't have any like other questions just because I feel like. You've heard my spiel. <laughs> Emily, I, I've true. heard your mini spiel, but I am very, because it's only been in like our break room where we have like 10 minutes and you're like, I'm going to do this as much as I can. And this is like a whole hour that we're just going to let you Wow, talk. my dream. All right. <laughs> Which is what I I think I think that these minisodes with like less than this, that's what we should just do is all right, pick an animal that you think is cool and yell about it for a My hour. literal dream. 
All right. Listeners, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, do you guys want us to do that? If we do a mini-sode, would you like it for just one of us to yell about animals for an hour? Say the enjoy? word and you can have Let a beluga us- whale episode any day. Oh, my gosh. No, we already <laughs> did that. I'm just saying that there's a lot of really cool birds out there if you want to hear about them. Like, there's one called the red-legged Sarayima, which literally, like, breaks lizard Amazing. spines. Lovely. All right. Well, Conservation updates. Let's go. Quickly talk about the real best animal in the world, which are bees. Oh boy. Okay, that's arguable. If you know me, that, you know I love me some bees. Like bees a lot. That's my favorite Cards <laughs> Against Humanity card is is bees question mark. But anyway, conservation update is that here in the good old U.S. of A, bee populations are increasing in many states, Woo! which is um, it's because. It's because people aren't outside, I bet you. Uh, no, 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 no. This has been over the past two years. <laughs> oh, never mind. Um, yeah. No. But yes, so it's not often that we, like, hear good news concerning bees because they've been in, you know, pretty recently some trouble. But according to recent uh, data collection released by the USDA, there are some states that are experiencing growth in colony numbers of 70% or more, which is... wow. Um, the ones that are experiencing the most increase are, shout out to these great states of Michigan, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Maine. Maine being... Woo! Michigan! Yeah. Michigan. So, uh, way to go, guys. But only the UP, because they're better. Crushing it. Yeah. That's going to be another controversial topic, just like last week. My, uh... <laughs> the, UP, the UP's better. <laughs> That's my conservation update. I think there should be a bees episode in the future. Maybe like a pollinator episode in we general. We gotta have, we gotta have, we gotta have Kenzie though, because I think Kenzie also gets real hyped about bees. She'll talk about yeah. dragon fruit for and days. Bats. Yeah, I was gonna say she'll talk about bats as pollinators as well, but anyways. We could probably just, just bees and it, we would be fine. That's true. That's but true. There's a lot. Zoo news! Oh, so many things in zoo news this week. There's so just many. Just babies. What babies. else is new? <laughs> Okay, but this is, like, really cool, babies. Um, number one, there's a baby taper at the Minnesota Zoo. For those who don't know, I love the Minnesota Zoo. It was my zoo growing up. And if you don't know this, also, what? baby tapers are my favorite baby They're so animals. cute. Oh, my God. Because they look like little black and white watermelons. They really do. They really do. I just, they're, I can't handle them. <laughs> Everyone, um, like, got lost in thought. Thinking of <laughs> they're so I mean, cute. The summer I was an intern was one of the first, like, successful baby tapers in, like, 18 years or something that they had at the Minnesota Zoo. Um, And one day I'll find the picture and show you guys. There's a picture that during the press day I was showing a bunch of campers in the baby taper. And I look so excited. All the kids look so bored. (laughs) But the the, the Pioneer Press, which is a local paper, got a hold of it. And (laughs) and then they, like, published it in their paper. And one of the moms the next day was like, is this you? And I was like... Uh huh. Perhaps it could be. <laughs> so baby tapers make me hype. Also, tapers are weird. That would be my little rant episode. That would be a good one. Um, there's also a baby black rhino at the Cincinnati Zoo who is adorable. So cute. I just keep seeing pictures on Facebook. He's adorable. Everyone's saying like, "Who's cuter, Fiona or the rhino?" And my answer is Corpino Los Dos. Both. Why not both? They're both so cute. Um, but also, I stand Fiona until the very end. Um. Also, speaking of rhino news, that could be a whole segment. At Disney's Animal Kingdom in Florida, there are three pregnant white rhinos. Amazing. 
Apparently, it's only one dad, too, so I don't know who Way that to go, is. boy. Crushing it. Needs to get it on, lucky, left and right. Lucky man. <laughs> um, okay, on to the funniest zoo news I've heard in a while. <laughs> um, this is an overseas news, so shout out to any of our UK listeners. Um, apparently, a bunch of parrots at the Lincolnshire, Lincolnshire Wildlife Center um, had to be taken off show because they kept encouraging each other to swear. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's and great. I can only think that, like, I feel like swearing is a little bit more appropriate over in the UK than it is in the US, so how badly with <laughs> these that... birds? I don't, I mean, like, when I was in England, I thought I heard a lot more swearing than I would just, like, in a normal day in the US, so I feel like they had to be really going. Naughty birds, <laughs> naughty birds. Naughty, naughty birds. birds, but we love naughty birds, and so now they have to all be I'm separated. i a pair, I mean, like, Obviously much worse, but, like, bloody hell. Like, <laughs> A Harry Potter bird. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's just Ron. Um, but, yeah. So, if you got to go to that park, I'm a little bit jealous. I would love to see a bunch of parrots swearing at each other. Um, and then, finally, if you are in San Diego area and you have children, kids getting free to the San Diego Zoo for all of October. Ayo. So, go to the zoo. Yes, I'm going to San Diego and dressing up like a child. <laughs> I, we could all pass for like 12 year olds. Yeah, no, I'd pay them though because support. Hashtags. Yeah, that's true. Let's let Emily yell about her two favorite animals. Go Excellent. Ahead. Wow, this is the greatest episode of all time. <laughs> all right. Um, so, of course, we have Beluga News this week. And I was looking, and there was a cool article I found. Um, Noah is looking. They're actually, I believe they've already signed a contract. But they are looking to make photo ID software for beluga whales. Um, so they have all these aerial photos of beluga whales. Um, and they basically wanted someone to make a software that could basically say like, oh, this is the same whale. And they can, you know, have a photo ID database of the beluga whales, which is really cool. Because they do already have something like this for killer whales and for like bottlenose dolphins and different things like that. Okay, but bottlenose dolphins and killer whales have like markings yes are they just doing this by like boat raking um like... they do sometimes have marks a lot of it is just small 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 differences so that's why this is kind of a the subtle differences in the shapes of their ginormous melon i also saw a video on facebook today of somebody just squishing a beluga melon and it brought me a lot of joy <laughs> so wait quickly emily what's noah national oceanic and atmospheric administration. I had to really think about Ooh. that. I was going to say, you almost I always had to think that about right. that um, when, you know, I, I talk about it to guests. I'm always like, oh, Noah. And then they're like, what's Noah? And I'm like, hang on. <laughs> I'd be like, hang on. I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> I'm like, he's the guy from the ark. He brought the boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Those are my jokes this episode. You're welcome. Um, everybody can stop listening now. It's hey, hey, you cannot stop listening. <laughs> and with that, we're going to jump Whoa. right into the greatest episode of all time. You're welcome. <laughs> this episode is all about giant clam, the world's greatest invertebrate. You need to explain giant just... clams 2020, baby. <laughs> you need to explain to the listeners why, why we chose to do this. Okay, so here's the thing. So I have worked at, I think now three facilities that have giant clams. And when I was in fifth grade, we got to do a project on invertebrates and we got to just pick any invertebrate that we wanted. And I wanted to do a sand dollar because I thought sand dollars were cool. 
Well, some kid in my sixth, fifth grade class, his name is Austin. I will not forget that. Um, he picked sand dollars. So I couldn't do sand dollars. So I had to pick something else. And I picked giant clams. And I was like, what the heck is a giant clam? I don't know. But I learned a lot about them. And ever since then, I've had a particular affinity for giant clams. So I've now worked at three facilities that have giant clams. And I tell you, I make it my mission to stand in front of those stinking giant clams and tell everybody everything there is to know about them. Because one, nobody knows what they are. And two, nobody cares. So it is my job. I was put on this earth to teach people about giant clams. And that is why we're here okay. today, kids. It's true. It is true. She, I mean, you got you guys, just so you know, like when I first met Emily B, I think my trainer looked at her and said, if you ever have questions about giant clams, ask Emily. And I was like, okay. And I was like, did you do research? And she was like, no. I just, <laughs> I was like, life experience. Oh, okay. um, I did, I, I did do like, a deep dive at one point, um, like within the last year or so, looking at very cool giant clam research. So that way I have even more things to talk about. Well, and then I think when we were talking about, because Emily and I were the first ones to like think about doing a podcast and then like everybody else kind of joined in. It was super fun. But I think we, you were like, yes, so I can talk about giant clams to a wider audience. Accurate. I'm pretty sure those are the exact words that you said to me. And I was like, yeah, this is probably where it will like evolve. <laughs> hey! well, here we are. <laughs> I'm telling you, by the end of this episode, listeners, you'll be on my side. I promise you. I don't hate them. I just, I think it's. It's just so cool that that's your favorite animal because it's just such a strange. They're so strange. To they have. are truly so strange. Well, and like, who's gonna be like, what's your favorite animal? And you never, never, ever are gonna expect somebody to be like a giant clam. So that's why I, I think it's cool. I do, I do actually stand it, but I do also like making fun of. That's them. okay. It's so. fine. I'm used to it by now. All right. So I with that, I don't get made fun of. So. <laughs> with that, we're gonna jump right into giant clams 101. So buckle up, kids. Um, all right. So most people, uh, if you see a giant clam in an aquarium, um, you probably have no idea what it is. You probably didn't think it was even alive. Most people just think it's a rock or a shell, or they even think it's a type of anemone, um, just based on how it looks. But, um, most people are familiar with giant clams, like being on the great barrier reef. Um, that's kind of the only exposure people have ever had to them. If they've had any exposure to giant clams, um, so giant clams are a bivalve, which puts them in the same group as clams, oysters, mussels, anything that's got those two shells. Um, now, there are 14 species of giant clams. It's not just one type of giant clams. There are 14 types of giant clams. Um, the largest is like a true giant clam. They get to be anywhere between three and five feet across um, and up to 500 pounds. So they are huge. So I could sit in it. Yes, you could definitely sit in it. Um, I wouldn't suggest it, but you definitely could. Well, I'm not watching, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's, I could sit in it if, if, like, I tried really hard and they're inside yeah, of God. you could definitely sit in a shell. Okay. Um, their shells are... That's what Ariel used! <sighs> they, you know, giant clams show up more places than you think, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, all right, so giant clams are filter feeders, which is pretty neat. Um, basically, they're acting as a giant filter. So imagine an air filter, but underwater, like a water filter. That's what a giant clam is doing. They're constantly taking in the water around them. They're sucking out little bits of plankton, little bits of other animals' poop. Um, they're detritivores, so they're eating all kinds of garbage. Um, and then they're cleaning that water and spitting out the clean water. So they are very, very nice to have on their ecosystem in their water. Um, they also have, if you know anything about coral, coral get a lot of their food from sunlight because they have a partnership with algae called zooxanthellae. 
And those algae live inside the coral and they make food from the sun. Giant clams have the same exact thing. Um, if you've ever seen a picture of a giant clam, usually they are beautiful, beautiful colors, blues, greens, purples, yellows, all different kinds of colors. Um, and those colors actually come from the different types of algae that are in the giant clam. So very fancy. Um, so you can have two giant clams that are the same species and they can be totally different colors because they have different algae. Wild. Yeah, I saw, so like the ones that we have at our facility that I've worked with before, they're like a pinkish orange. I'm sure you'll get into what type they are. But when I was in Australia and I dove in the Great Barrier Reef, I actually saw a giant clam that was like neon green and yes. blue. It was so gore. I like didn't, like I saw it at the very bottom and I was like, what on earth is that? And lo and behold, neon giant, giant clams clam. are incredible. They would be so fun it was so cool honestly i'm like almost crying now katie because you've seen a giant clam in the wild and that is a big Uh, goal of mine but it's okay it's fine everything's fine emily emily we can just buy tickets for australia let's go all right once the coronavirus decides to be over oh wait we live in florida so you know basically not real we love that i hate it here um (laughs) all right (laughs) so back to my but anyways, giant clams. Giant so where clams. do giant clams live and why have I never seen one in the wild before? Um, it's because they live in the Indo-Pacific. So if you're familiar at all with what's called the Coral Triangle, it's basically the area between the Philippines, the, um, Indonesia, Australia, um, that area of the world, Southeast Asia, where there's nice warm water to have these beautiful reef environments, and that's where they like to live. Um, they have to live in shallow water because, as I said, they get a lot of their food from their algae that live in them that are making food from the sun. So they have to be shallow enough to catch enough sun for their algae to make food. So they do typically live um, in waters, I would say definitely 100 feet or less. Um, Most people will say like 30 meters is about their depth limit. Um, Now, giant clams, this is one of my favorite fun facts about them, is that they can live to be over 100 years old. Um, Exactly. So I used to work at um, the Waikiki Aquarium in Hawaii, And they had, um, at the time, I think it was two or three giant clams in one of their main reef exhibits. And one of the giant clams who had been there since the aquarium opened um, was estimated to be over 150 years old. And keep in mind, this aquarium is one of the oldest aquariums in the U.S. And this aquarium has been there 140 years or something like that. So um, they know that this giant clam (laughs) had lasted at least that long. They got him as a baby. And they also, that giant clam has since passed, but they do have another one who is estimated to be over 100 years old. So... I mean, this used to kind of, like, surprise me, right? But now, having worked in several zoos and aquariums, like, a lot of the, like, slow, big... The shelled boys. The shelled boys, or, like, the ones that live weirdly in the Arctic, can live for, like, hundreds of years. Because it's like that that one Greenland shirt is, like, 400. It was alive during the Revolutionary War. (laughs) Can you just, like, proc? Because that, like, blows my brain. Um, he hasn't seen a lot. He's in the bottom of the Arctic Ocean where it's really dark. He and his eyes don't work. He has not seen. All right. So now that we have covered Greenland sharks extensively, we're going to come back to giant clams. Um, (laughs) So weirdly, one of the questions that I get a lot um, when I'm standing in front of the giant clams is how do they how how do you get a baby giant clam? Like where does that come from? Do they lay eggs? Like how does that work? Um, That's my favorite question. It's a wild question for giant clams. So giant clams are hermaphroditic, which means they have both male and female parts. So for your friend, Abby, who's playing a, 
you know, gender non-binary giant clam. That's pretty accurate, actually. Um, wow. I'm guessing she did her research because she's yes, pretty sure. So they are yeah, hermaphroditic, but they cannot self-fertilize. So they may um, spawn both sperm and eggs, but they can't self-fertilize. They need another giant clam. Um, so well, it's okay. It's okay. Um, oh, wait. Can I say one thing of course. really quick? Did you, did you hear that there was a yes. zebra shark yes. that laid eggs and then had babies without we a man? Stan a like that yeah. the other week. Yeah, all kinds of parthenogenesis happening yeah, around here. Sharks have, <laughs> sharks have figured it out. And why We're getting there. We're getting there. We're trying. Um, anyway, so back to giant clams. So they are hermaphroditic, but they can't self-fertilize. So they need another giant clam. So how do you know that another giant clam is ready to make a baby? Great question. So giant clams have pheromones, um, just like people have pheromones, other animals have pheromones, and they release these pheromones into the water. Um, it actually has tied to the lunar cycle, so tied to the moon. Um, and when the moon is right, wow. and you know it's you know full, I don't. It's it's literally the, so, it literally it's crazy. <laughs> um, but they'll all release pheromones. When the moon is just right, <laughs> and it's in the middle of the night. Clams. Uh, I don't even. I can't rhyme with. Procreate. Clams procreate. That's what I got. It's okay. Um, So they have to be with a close enough distance that they can actually catch each other's pheromones to realize that they're ready to spawn. So um, research has been done that basically says 15 meters away is a pretty good zone, 15 meters or less. That will let them know like, hey, there's another giant clam over there. Let's make a baby. Um, But if they're greater than 30 meters apart, that is too far. Um, A giant clam cannot reach to the other giant clam if he's 30 meters or more away. Um, which means they actually can be considered functionally extinct in an ecosystem. So on a specific reef, even if there's more than one giant oh, clam, wow. if they're yeah. all over 30 meters apart from each other, they are considered functionally extinct because they can't reach each other to reproduce. <gasps> Hashtag sucks. Wild. Um, but yes, yeah, so once the um, giant clams realize there's somebody else over there, they synchronously spawn, release their um, eggs and sperm into the water. Those eggs and sperm find each other, and they make tons and tons and tons and thousands and thousands and thousands of little giant clam babies. Well, they, they start out like as a little larvae, um, which basically just looks like any other plankton. Um, and once they have developed enough, um, they settle. And the settlement of giant clams is a whole issue that I won't get into because it's very, very, very detailed and depends on the chemicals and the substrate and it's a whole mess. But um, once they pick a spot, um, they'll settle and they'll start to grow. And a baby giant clam looks exactly like a giant, like an adult giant clam, just teeny, teeny, tiny. It's very cute, very adorable. I swear to you, the first time I saw a baby giant clam, I almost cried. It's a mini giant clam. Even when they're five years old, they're about the size of like a mini cupcake. It's, they're, uh, they're so cute. So a normal, normal yes, exactly. And a giant <laughs> clam that's about five years old is about regular clam size. That's exactly right. Um, and then um, as they grow, um, we're just going through the giant clam life cycle now. Um, as they grow and as they get older, um, so they start out when they're little. They have a lot of predators. Basically, anything will eat them when they're little because it's just a nice, tasty mouth-sized snack. Um, however, um, once they so because. <laughs> Because they're snacks to everybody who lives in the ocean. Um, They have this little foot. So if you've ever heard of a clam having a foot, um, giant clams have one too. It's basically this big muscular organ that they can push outside their shell and it can literally push them around. Um, So that's how they get around. They can't. And it kills people in (laughs) D&D apparently. Um, 
My dad said that that freaks him out. Like when you see a clam or, you know, an oyster Well, it's or something, because it looks like like it a put, tongue and it's put very its unsettling. foot out. Does look like a tongue. And my dad just, when I mentioned that we were doing <laughs> a giant clam episode, he was like, I don't like when they do the tongue thing. well, it's not a tongue, it's a foot, but yes, it is very unsettling. <laughs> So they can <laughs> there they can you go, move dad. themselves It's around, a foot. um, but once they reach a certain size, and there since there are 14 species of giant clams, um, the size that they need to meet in order to settle is different for all of them. So there's not like a set size. Um, but once they get to whatever size it is for their species, they will settle like permanently. So they actually secrete a substance from their shell that will essentially cement them down to whatever substrate it is that they're on. So they have to settle on something hard. They can't just settle in the sand. Um, I could never exactly. come to find They're like, out this like is a giant the spot. clam. I'm going to stay here for a hundred years. Um, pretty wild. Now in aquariums, you will see them in sand and that's just so that they can move them around to clean their environment and things like that. And it doesn't harm them at all um, for them to be moved about like that um, because the species that most people are keeping in aquariums are the smaller species that don't really have an issue. Um, now the giant clam, the true giant clam that lives at the Waikiki Aquarium, he has lived in that spot his whole life. Um, yes, exactly. So they don't move him around because he's 500 pounds and enormous and cemented to the bottom. All right. So now that we've covered the giant clam's life cycle, let's just talk about fun giant clam facts because I've got a bazillion of them. I just love them. They're so great. I mean, if you're not already convinced, like, ugh, they're just so great. Um, so here's a fun poop fact for you for giant clams. First of all, giant Yes. clams do poop. And if you've ever seen it, it looks ridiculous. It just looks like a long string of like It is any ridiculous. kind of aquatic pooping thing is weird. Even the It's mammals true. underwater, some, I mean, if you something have happens. like freshwater You just fish, could. um, you're familiar with what their poop looks like. And it, it does look very similar to that. Um, it's just like a much longer, like But longer. very, very long. Like it can exceed their body length by like Continuous. three times. Um, Then guests come over and they're like, what's coming out of the giant clam? And I'm like, delicious. mm, sure is Um, pooping. most <laughs> places... I wish we could be like. Um, most places that, um, have giant clams, you won't see their poop because the fish that live in their environment are eating their poop. And why are they eating your poop? You might ask, well, that's a great question. That's because the majority of the poop that the giant clam is excreting is algae, live algae. Um, it's just excess algae that the giant clam has in its body and it get rid gets rid of it. Um, and what do fish love to eat? Algae. So they are just having a grand old snack of the giant clams poop. It's just. So there's this, it's really clean Yeah, it's, algae. I mean, it's live, like, fresh algae. Um, I like to call it the cycle of poop because the fish poops and the giant clam filters out that poop, and then the giant clam poops algae and the fish eats that algae. It's just magical cycle of poop. Wow. Oh, that's what they mean when they Something say the cycle like of that. poop. <laughs> it's the cycle Yes. Um, of now, algae. this is... I keep saying every fact is my favorite fact, but this one really is, I promise. <laughs> A lot of favorites, okay. Um, Are you sure? but this this is the fact that I use to draw guests in and get them to really like understand that this is an animal. Um, is that giant clams have eyes. True. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, like on SpongeBob where they have like two gigantic like googly eyes. No, not like that. Um they have thousands and thousands of eyes. They're these little light receptive organs. They're actually called ocelli, so fun facts. Um, but they line their mantle, which is the fleshy part of the giant clam in between the shells. 
Um, and if you look very closely, you can see them. They're big enough to see. Um, you don't need a microscope or anything like that. They're just little, they look like almost little pinpricks all along the mantle of the giant clam. Sometimes they're bright blue, sometimes they're um, darker black, but you can definitely see them. And that is how the giant clam knows if it's daytime or nighttime. So they can't see you and me. They can't see, um, they can't see like we do. They don't see complex pictures or anything like that. Um, these are basically just light receptive organs. So what they do is the giant clam wants to be open during the day because his algae are busy making food from the sun. But at nighttime, the giant clam wants to protect itself from predators. So it will pull all of that fleshy stuff inside and close the shell completely at night. Um, and the way that they know to do that is their eyes. So the eyes know when it's daytime, I'm open. And when it's nighttime, time to close up. So I just think that's crazy. Um, and that's my favorite thing to show people okay. is giant clam eyes. Yeah, it really is. So, and I only know that because welcome. of you, Emily. Yeah, so thank you. Same. Um, just to make you a little bit angry for a second. So I Google searched giant clam eyes and I scrolled down a little bit and I found this one and I was like, that's not a giant clam. And it says, help a, at a clam licking salt off of it. And then it like goes on and then you click on it and the person replied. But that's an scallops do have eyes also and scallop eyes are also pretty easy to spot. Um, these ones, this one's real creepy. It kind of looks like if you've ever seen Little Shop of Horrors, Audrey too. <laughs> That's a little bit what this giant clam looks like. Or not this giant clam, this is scallop. Yeah, people do confuse the two. But um, people confuse true. pretty much every bivalve. The giant, but the giant clam just looks like it's about to give you a big old kiss. I feel like it's so true. It's true. It looks like a big pyramid. Um, all right, so what else can we talk about with giant clams? So what are their predators? Um, they do have. Pretty much, like I said, anything will eat them when they're small just because it's an easy snack, just like anything will eat a baby sea turtle when they're small. Um, but the larger they get, they have less and less predators. So um, when they're medium-sized, I would say like the size of, I don't know, like a textbook or something like that. I don't know. Um, their main predator is going to be octopus. So octopus have learned, because octopus are too smart for this world, um, <laughs> They really are. Octopus so have true. learned that they can actually put rocks inside the hinges of the giant clam to prevent the giant clam from closing. <gasps> so, the, yes, oh the giant God. clam goes hey, to close. He can't. And the octopus up. just says, sweep, time to eat all your innards. Um, wild. Um, this leads me to another point. Um, so I actually, when I was doing my deep dive of giant clam research, um, there is a woman who actually lives here in Florida. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but... She does a lot of giant clam research in Indonesia and in the Philippines. And she took all of these giant clams. Um, there was an aquaculture facility in Indonesia that had basically extra giant clams. They were too big to ship, um, like, I don't know if they were going to the U.S. or somewhere else, but they were too big to ship um, by air. So this aquaculture facility had all these extra giant clams laying around that nobody wanted. And the researcher was like, I'll take them. And so she took 200 giant clams. And she planted a hundred of them on a healthy reef and she planted a hundred of them on a degraded and dying reef. And she did all this research to see how the reefs reacted and how the giant clams reacted. Um, well, the first part of her study is she found out not to do this during monsoon and typhoon season um, because pretty much all of the giant clams oh, did not no. have enough time to cement themselves down before the typhoons hit and knocked them over. Um, and most of them perished. Oh my so God. she <clears throat> she realized her mistake, That's did the whole experiment again, not during typhoon season. Um, and this time, um, 
all of the giant, well, not all, but most of the giant clams who were transplanted onto the healthy reefs died because of octopus predation, because the reef was healthy enough to support a population of octopus. Um, oh, yes. my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is just uh, yes. 2020 in um, a research experiment. The clams that she First sent the to the degraded reef actually survived and thrived because they were able to help expel that algae that's in their poop and help the reef recover. Um, so just giant clams, man. They're just magical. That's what I have to say about that. Um, let's see. What else? Um, oh, I read this really cool paper today um, talking about how there is a relationship between giant clams and coral in that if you are trying to help a reef that needs help and you help transplant coral onto that reef, it helps if you also transplant the coral or the giant clams also. So you need them together. Um, and if you transplant both together, you get better fish populations. And so what I gathered from that is that basically huh. it's almost like nature is connected. Oh my God, ecosystems. It really do be like that. <sighs> you know, <gasps> nature. That's all I have to say. Amazing. It be like that all sometimes the time. Sometimes. 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 so smart. Only sometimes. <laughs> all right. Um, what else? So this is a really neat one. Giant clams have actually been able um, – they've found them that they are able to manipulate um, – their algae in that they can actually manipulate the amount of light they're taking in. So it's, so they're able to reflect some light if they don't need it, which is also what gives them part of that color. Um, and so they're basically making their own sunscreen. What? Yes. Giant clams. I, I'm I this animal does not even have a brain and they can do all these things. So what is that saying about humanity? That's what I need to know. <sighs> Um, let's see. Oh, giant clams also have rings like a tree. Did you know that? Now you do. Um, they also, they're, I hope people don't no, but them. for research purposes, um, they've taken like dead giant clam shells and looked at them. Um, and yes. Okay. Well, if it's yes. dead, so they have rings like a tree, um, different. and it's, they actually produce rings daily. Um, so you can look at, um, very specific like weather events. So if all of the giant clams have the same, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like the same, uh, no, 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 no. Like they have the same yeah. problem. Like they all have the same, uh, same marking. There Predators? it goes. Marking is a, a marking that's a word that I can the use. Um, they all have the same, that's not. <laughs> Marker? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It'll come to me in like 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> abnormality. You know what's going to happen? It's, it's the, Oh, there you go. All the same animals, then we can say there was some sort of of like geographic weather event that affected them. You, the other two would have listened to it, and they would have been like, (laughs) "It's fine. Everything's fine." Um, Another cool thing about giant clams, um, because they are a lot of them in aquariums, um, they've actually been able to give giant. uh, English is hard. (laughs) <laughs> they've been able to give damaged giant clams <laughs> a new hinge, like a 3D printed hinge. I That's mean, cool. it, again, one of those things that like used to really, really surprise me. And now I've seen like, you know, Winter the yep, Dolphin that has yep. like the prosthetic 
tail and like all these other crazy things. And it's just like, man, if we were just using science to like help the earth rather than like kill it, what could it's we true. do? Um, so now I want to jump into some giant clam myths because there are quite a few out there. Um, the first one that people always ask me is like, oh quite my God, I hear giant clams can kill you. Okay. First of all, no, that's absolutely not. I don't know. But Where did that come from? There's myths that like, like a I've diver never... got his foot stuck in one and drowned. Okay, first of all, I mean I know the answer. Okay, well, like I'm I'm guess the point I'm trying to make here is even if you have an animal product that, you know, oh well, like because you everybody know, this giant clam was already dead. Like I wasn't killing and one. Like, take them out of the ocean. Found. Well, exactly. Not... Bingo. That's the point I was trying to make. Not there. only that. Yes. So it just creates that. Not... You know, I guess. Yeah. Demand right. around so, it, well, or making it just valuable. Want people to realize I mean, that only, there is value yeah. in having these animals in their ecosystem. So whether that be for ecotourism, whether that be for yes, um, whether right. that. Go ahead. Oh, I love that. Well, the other. Sorry, the other thing is. So I used to work in a zoology museum, right? And I've toured a couple zoology museums, and having artifacts right. like that can be used as an education tool. So you could have it on display at your house, or you could be like, hey, I found this, this dead giant clam. What if I donate this to like a museum or a college that they could either do research on or use it right. to educate other people about how cool the animal is? Like, going to a museum is not only like good for the museum. Like yeah, the fact do. that we do and have we a giant clam shell at our aquarium that we work at. And we use it as an education, as an education tool. tool, and there's no need for it to be decorative Although I still stand that Emily wants a copy of a vacuum eventually as art in her house, but she only wants a she doesn't want a real one though. Hey, a copy if you is different. A copy of yeah, a clamshell, 3D That's print true. that shit. Why um, not? So cool. with that and all these conservation um, concerns around the giant clam, we're gonna get to our conservation conversation. Woo woo. Um, so the first one is just a normal sustainable seafood mm-hmm. message. Um, really do think about what you're putting on your plate and where it comes from. Um, You may not be getting a giant clam on your plate, um, but maybe you're traveling in Southeast Asia and all of a sudden it is on your plate. So try to think about what you're eating and where it comes from, um, because the more you know about that, the more you're able to make informed choices about where your food comes from, which is always good. Um, We've talked about the Monterey Bay Seafood Seafood Watch app before. They don't advise on giant clams here in the U.S. because it's not – a prominent thing to see here. But like I said, just keep that in mind, um, especially if you are traveling. Um, Also while traveling, um, you want to make sustainable souvenir purchases. So if you were, say, in Southeast Asia or Australia um, and you found a giant clamshell at, you know, a market, maybe don't take that home. You don't want to create the market for that sort of thing. Um, The more people that buy it, the more they're going to kill and take out of the ocean. And we don't want that. I just spent the whole episode telling you about all the great things that giant clams do for their ecosystem. So there is value for that animal in its, the animal is worth more alive than it is dead. That's what we're trying to get at here. Um, You know, if there were no more giant clams on the Great Barrier Reef, that's one less reason I want to go to the Great Barrier Reef now. And that's less tourism dollars for Australia. Um, That sort of thing. Don't Correct. The Great Barrier um, Reef, which isn't doing yeah. that hot so right I now, anyway. That that all makes sense, right? Did that did that make any sense at all? Back me up here. Yep. Cool. Yeah. 
Thank you. I just, I just think they're, I just think they're beautiful and people just need to know more about them because they just really don't know. With that, I think we're just going to wrap this up unless anybody, any conservation queens have any other giant clam questions for me to answer. Well, what was the diver doing that close to the giant clam? But I'm pretty sure that that was like yes. very, 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 very long time ago. Right. Like, that wasn't something that well, happened and recently. giant clams, like, that was they don't close diving. that quickly. So giant clams do Kinda close and open their shells. However, um, if a giant clam is startled, which they do get startled, and it's actually hilarious to watch, but um, but if a giant is, clam gets startled, they do basically like a half close. So it is a pretty jerky movement, but they do not close all the way. Um, it takes some time for them to get rid of all of the water that's within their shells. Um, it, and it's a very slow close. So even if you did startle a giant clam, you would definitely be able to escape. It's not going to get you. I promise. You know, also, why are you that close to giant clam? That's life. what I want to know. Um, another myth about giant clams is that they produce pearls. They do not. Um, oysters make pearls. Giant clams do not make a pearl. They are open and closing all the time. Their mantle's in the way. Yes. That's one of the questions I definitely get the most. I, yeah, or people will be like, how do they make your per- their they pearls? Don't. And I'm like, they um, don't. And then there are also, um, just like people think rhino horn is medicinal or elephant ivory or any of those things, um, people also think that of giant clams, and they are not. There's no medicinal property proven to come from giant clams. So um, Now let's talk about giant clam conservation. I bet you didn't even know that was a thing, but it is. There's a, there's conservation for almost everything. <laughs> so for like the four so are giant clams in danger? The answer is yes. So we could just go on a climate change discussion here. Um, but there are actually um, dangers that are happening specifically to giant clams. So, so, yes. we can leave um, so people in Southeast Asia do collect giant clams to eat. Um, okay, I just told you that giant clams, all they eat is fish poop. I wouldn't want to eat one, even if it was available. Um, I mean, have even, I know that giant clams and oysters are not the same, but like I look at an oyster and I'm like, who wants to put that slimy thing? Yeah, no, thank you. On their throat. Just wondering. And that like makes pearls. And then I feel like if you look at a giant clam and like in the water, it's beautiful, but out of the they water, they are, they deflate. Like it's it's pretty like gross. Sludgy. And again, but why people would you are wild. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, people also, what'd you say? Like, bird, wait, mm-hmm. wait, aphrodisiac. Bird to be an afro. What do you call it? Aphrodisiac. It's all yes. people are wild. I feel like I thought that's why people do it. it. It all gets back to sex and feeling weird. I feel like that's where it. Because that's what rhino horn they say is too. And you're like, why don't we make a rumor like, that like grass like, is an aphrodisiac? That would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> like, or or Truly. like moss. Guys, just eat chocolate, y'all. That's true. Yeah. More chocolate as long as it's rainforest friendly and orangutan friendly. Basically Hershey's. Go um, eat more Hershey's. All right. We're gonna talk Hershey's about Halloween other candy problems. Next week, kids. I but can only choose one or I can actually. only choose one or two problems to deal with, okay? I like Hershey's. They gave me Twix. Twix are my favorite. All right. <clears throat> Yes. Well, anyway, um, two weeks from now, we'll another be talking reason about that giant clams are harvested anyway, kids, is so for their shells. People up. think they're pretty. I also think they're pretty, but do I have a giant clam shell in my house? No. Um, these animals are super long lived. And if you think about like a giant clam, the size that you would want to display in your house, that giant clam is probably like 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. Why would you do that? It's not nice. 
Um, let's see. Another thing. This is actually all in the news recently um, last year. So in the South China Sea, um, they actually trawl, which is destructive in itself. So if you don't know what trawl netting is, they take a net, they drop it to the bottom with weights, and they literally drag it across the ocean floor. So destroying everything. We hate that. Um, but they're looking for fossilized giant Not clam great. shells um, because bad. fossilized giant clam shells can actually be carved and it looks just like ivory. So in South um, in China, where they're having an ivory shortage, they're trying to produce all these dupes of ivory and they're using fossilized oh giant clam shells. Um, two wrongs do not make a right here. Okay. Can I yell for a second? What? Why can we not call it an ivory shortage? Because here's the thing. Correct. Ivory is only decorative. They don't use it for stuff, right? So there is no shortage. It is people becoming more aware of how dangerous for the environment it is to harvest animals like elephants who are like keystone species and other animals that have ivory, but it's like mostly elephants, right? And it's also like um, walruses. Right. So there is no ivory shortage. It is just people waking up and then other people deciding to ignore that the animal has any kind of significance. So there's no shortage. Well, it's also the fact that there are less of the yes. animals, though. So it is harder right. to get it. And I get what you mean by shortage, but it's still in the sense that they are running well, out of it. Well, I'm glad they're running out of it, but it doesn't need to be like a tragedy. I'm not. They come from the animals. No, we are glad that the, we, need, we want the demand not, to be lower. That's what we're trying to say. That's exactly what I mean. So there's no shortage. It's just... Right, but it's not. That's not what a shortage is. It's not that the demand is lower. It's because that the we're killing availability of the product is lower. Uh, and the wall is exactly. So also- um, so ivory trade is a whole episode in itself. But um, <sighs> another problem for giant clams is obviously ocean pollution. Um, I think I talked about this um in an episode previously, but giant clams can actually filter out microplastics, which is pretty crazy. Um, but they actually end up adhering to the shell of the giant clam, which is not yeah. great for the clam. Poor buddy. Um, and then, as I mentioned, climate change. So oh. giant clams can become dislodged with high wave action associated with typhoons. And the warmer the water gets, the more typhoons there are. Climate change is real. That's really all I have to say about that. Um, all right. So we made it. We made it to the, near the end here. I've only been talking for 45 minutes. That's that's doing pretty well. Only because I just thought of this, but when you were talking about how they're decorate, like, you know, people will use them for decoration in their house or whatever. It's still not a great idea. Even if say you found a already dead, you know, giant clam or just the shell of one. Why wouldn't I you want to have that in your you. house? Uh, uh, yeah, I answer feel like... Mine were really like the guest questions that people ask a lot because I want to be able to I answer mean, them And better. I just want to know all the weird stuff. Giant clams are indeed like weird. Weird stuff, so. They're, I, they're, they're the just, they're just stuff, so neat. So like There's it. so much to learn about them. There is a really neat TED Talk about giant clams. Um, in case anybody's interested, <laughs> it mostly talks about the um, giant clams in the South China Sea and the trawling of them. Um, but there is a giant clam TED Talk, and spoiler alert, it's not given by me, which, you know, shocking. Um, yeah, that's true. This is your TED Talk. That's true. Someday I'll give a TED Talk, and it will just be me talking about beluga whales and giant clams together. I have to find a way to tie them together, other than they both live in the ocean. 
Maybe that's the right connection between the two. Um, all right. So with that, we're going to wrap up our giant clam discussion. Um, as we announced on social media this week, um, we are going to be moving to an every other week schedule because thankfully all five conservation queens are back to work after our long extensive furlough. So we are quite, we are feeling very lucky to be employed. Um, and so because of that, our schedules have been a little wild. So we are going to be moving to it every other week. So every other Sunday, we will be releasing new episodes for you all. If you have any suggestions for episodes, feel free to uh, shoot us an email or a DM on Instagram or on our Facebook page. You can message us um, and just let us know what you want to hear about. And thank you so much for joining us this week. Go out there and stay sustainable. Bye!